Well, hey, friends, welcome back to the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast and week three in our 12-part series of 12 axioms that will change your life in leadership. We want to help you live and lead right side up in this upside down world and these 12 axioms that we encounter through coaching leaders and consulting with teams and conversations we have in our experience, we believe will help you do just that, to live and lead right side up in this upside down world. Now, today, we're continuing on with this idea of shedding the good for the best, and it involves resistance. It's been a common theme for these first three. So enjoy and dig into today's episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're ready to dive in. Now, this is part three of our series, A Dozen Axioms That Will Change Your Life. Now, I know that's a big promise, but guys, everyone is wrestling through these. Let me say that again. Everyone is wrestling through these. We're bringing you common themes, things that I struggle with, you struggle with, and we're going to need to keep in front of us if we want to live and lead healthy for the long haul. We use this phrase right side up. We want you to live and lead right side up in this upside down world. If you are going to lead healthy, you're going to have to resist. And today's podcast episode does again involve resistance, resisting the tide of what is normal. We'll get to that in just a moment. But let me review the first episode we talked about taking your clarity up to take your overwhelm down. The second episode, we talked about moving from a posture of reactivity to proactivity, that paradigm shift from reactive to proactive. Today, week three, axiom three, shed the good to get to the best. I used to take pretty much any opportunity to influence people. I mean, I would speak to a group or consult with a church. I would coach a leader that needed direction for free at a local coffee shop. It helped to develop me. I loved these opportunities. People gave me a shot to impact them or their team or their organization, and I wasn't going to miss it. Although I needed to grow my craft and gain experience, and that was an incredible season for me. At times, this impulse of taking advantage of every opportunity left me threadbare. Does this sound familiar? Too many leaders are in that space because they've said yes for various reasons to various things, and they find themselves with too many commitments, living in that space of overwhelm. If that's you, I want to promise you there is a way out. So today, my life's a very different story. I have to choose opportunities very carefully. I love my four kids and I love my wife. I take my coaching work here with Stay Forth very seriously. Our team at Stay Forth has grown. We're living out this mission. We're helping leaders get healthy and reach sustainable impact, I have a lot going on that I want to steward. Now, I'm grateful to have more good opportunities coming my way. But this means that I have to say no more often in order to protect the things and the people that I'm committed to. Let me say that again. With more opportunities coming my way, I have to say no more often in order to protect those things. Does this sound familiar? Now, decisions used to be pretty easy. They were between no opportunity and a good opportunity or one opportunity to go do something that's anywhere close to my sweet spot or my passion. I'm in. I'm excited about it. And you know what? For that season, that's what I needed to do. But now the decisions are between good opportunities 
and the best opportunities. What was once between no opportunity and an opportunity is now between good opportunities and best opportunities. You guys, no one tells you these tough decisions are coming as a leader. Certainly nobody told me. And maybe if they did, I wouldn't listen. None of us are starting out influencing people, serving people, being a leader so we can tell people no. It is disorienting to begin to tell more people no than we can tell yes. But excellence brings options, and options require tough decisions. The more excellent you are in an area, the more invitations and the more opportunities you're going to get. Now, let me say most of those opportunities are going to be good, and a few of them, and probably only a few of them, will be best. There are a lot of leaders that I could be coaching, but I have to figure out what are the right leaders for me. And just for me, in terms of one of my filters, my leaders that I get to coach have to be what I call H3 leaders. They're hungry leaders. They're high-capacity leaders, and they are honest. Nobody gets anywhere in coaching without being honest. So those are the kind of leaders and the kind of opportunities I'm going to give my time more toward. And it's hard. Many people are exhausted and heading toward burnout right now because they're unwilling to make the tough decisions to say no. Yes, this word, no, I hate it as much as you do. But guys, elimination may be the single biggest tool to keep you healthy and sane. Let me say that again. Elimination maybe the single biggest tool to keep you healthy and sane, but it's hard. It requires discipline. And guys, it is hard to disappoint people. I don't think that ever gets any easier. But healthy and successful leaders I know, they've come to terms with saying no. It's become a regular word for them, a regular discipline for them. And they built processes around that word no. They've learned to eliminate the good to get to the best. Now, scripture calls this pruning. Now, you may start with five seeds in the dirt, but if they crowd each other, they'll become anemic or even die. I remember when I was planting a garden with my kids, I love to do tangible work, whether it's gardening or woodworking, just something that I can work with, with my hands, to have dirt underneath my fingernails, to have some splinters in my hands. Tangible work is very important when I'm working in the transformation business. I don't have anything tangible to show for my work at the end of the day. And a lot of nonprofit leaders might say the same thing. Maybe there's not a number at the end of the day that can translate to the work that you do. And so we built a garden and we were planting a garden. Of course, I tilled the soil and in Colorado, the soil is not great. So it was tons of work to even get to the planting phase. And in the planting phase, I bring my kids out there with me and we have these packs of seeds and, you know, we punch these little holes in the ground. And of course, my kids throw like 17 seeds in each hole. And then after about a week, you start to see 17 little sprouts coming out of each of those holes. And the decision that I had to make was, which of those are we going to bet on? How are we going to pluck those 16 things around it? And at some point, you've got to bet on one because the danger is that all the resources could be sucked out of that and the soil and the sunlight, fighting for water each day. And how many times our lives look like that, where none of the opportunities really thrive and they all seem to be dying, dying on the vine, because we're all, we're fighting for that resource. Every opportunity in our life is not created equal. We have to eliminate. We have to prune. Leaders, we must create filters for what we let in and what we let out. Now, this includes the content we ingest. 
travel opportunities we say yes to, tasks that we accept, regular meetings that we're committed to. Guys, the best way to get your life back is to revisit your priorities and make decisions based on them. What are your priorities? We cannot separate our priorities from our schedule. The old Stephen Covey analogy, which I think is good, not perfect, but good, would be that those are the big rocks. And then, of course, on top of that, you have some smaller rocks and pebbles, and then you have sand that kind of fills in the gaps. And our culture is full of sand at the bottom and some pebbles kind of sprinkled in there, maybe some of the work that we have to do in these huge priorities of physical health, of family, of sleep, rest, Sabbath, margin, creativities, massive things on the top that we can't find space for. And I want to remind you guys that you have priorities. You have things that matter. You might have a family, you have friends that deeply matter to you that maybe you haven't connected with in a while. And if we don't have filters, we are going to end up saying, I don't have any space for my priorities. And my life is going to look upside down. Remember, the goal of so much of what we're doing at Stay For It, this podcast included, is to help you live and lead right side up, to put those big rocks in place first, and then to build the life around you. I was talking to a gal recently in a coaching session, and we began to do the hours on her part-time work and her family commitments and some of the other things. And she admitted to me, I said, where are you spending the rest of this time? Where is it going? And she looked down her phone and she made a scrolling motion, basically scrolling, right? Watching reels, checking in on social media, see how everybody else is doing, throwing a like here, seeing how many likes I got. And if we don't have our priorities straight, that's what happens. We don't realize where those extra hours went that we could have been repurposing. Guys, we have to do this proactively. Create those filters, not reactively, but proactively. And here's the reality. If you're a leader, you're going to disappoint people. If a lot of people want the time and the energy and the expertise that you have, you are going to disappoint people eventually. I just recommend doing it proactively. Good opportunities are everywhere and they are blocking you from the amazing opportunities you're hoping for down the road. Now is the time to start making the decision between good and best. We have to shed the good in order to get to the best. So how do I actually do this when an opportunity arises? Now, let me start with this. I get excited every time an opportunity comes my way. When somebody wants me to coach them, to impact them, to travel and speak, to shape their team, to consult, to create content, to write something, I get excited every time. I live for those kind of things, but the reality is my emotions lie to me. I don't have all the time to fulfill all those opportunities or requirements. So how do I actually do this when an opportunity arises? Here's your plan. Number one, develop a filter for what you'll say yes and no to and do that ahead of time. Develop a filter for yes and for no. Now, this should be based on your priorities, based on your limitations, and based on your season. The limits that I have now are very different from the limits that I had four years ago. In, in some ways, it's higher, right? I'm not wiping butts anymore. My kids have gotten older, but I'm driving kids around town a lot. I'm spending time with my 18-year-old, and she's in her last year of high school. I have different commitments, different priorities. My wife has some different career and calling opportunities that I want to make sure I protect for her. And so your filters will change. But number one, develop a filter for your yes and your no ahead of time. Number two, 
When an opportunity arises, give yourself time to decide on that opportunity. If you make a decision in the moment, you're probably going to make an emotional decision. And I've made those, you've made those later on where we have to then sort of pull out our time checkbook and we have to write a check and we may not have the cash. We may not have the time or the energy in the bank to actually fulfill on that. And we may be writing checks that we can't cash later with our time and our energy. And again, I've been there. If that's you right now, there is a way out. But guys, if you wait on that decision, the excitement cools down and you can get all the information about that opportunity. What will it actually require? And you can make a wiser decision later. So again, number one, develop a filter for yes and no ahead of time based on your priorities. Number two, give yourself time to decide on an opportunity. Number three, involve others in your decision. If it's just me, I'm not going to see some things. I'm not going to see some things on the family calendar. I may not see birthdays coming up. I may not know that this is a really busy season. Are we talking about a vacation then? I don't know. But something that I need to talk to my wife about. I need to talk to our team. If there's some big team launch, it's probably not the best time for me to be gone. Wise friends, you have people in your life that want to speak into your life. Those wise friends you can go to, do you think this is a good opportunity for me, whether big or small? Also, consult your coach. Again, I could not be a bigger fan of coaching because I watch transformation happen for leaders all week long. And people bring a decision to me. Hey, I've been asked to be on this board. I've been asked to write this book. I've been asked to speak into this. I've been asked to travel to this thing. And maybe saying yes to a board doesn't sound like that big of a deal. But I'll say what other commitments are involved. How many hours a month do they expect you to be involved? Are there extra meetings? Do you need to travel twice a year? What will that cost you? Because every yes will cost you something. And the question is what? You share those priorities with those other people. They can also speak into your season of life and your values. Make sure to share in this season of life, here are my priorities and here are my values. And you have other people in your life that can be involved in that decision. Number four, create benchmarks. When an opportunity comes your way, create some benchmarks. Now, I think it's really important to do this proactively. What do I mean by benchmarks? A couple of these questions could be helpful. How often will you take a work trip each year? Is that once a month? Is that twice a year? Is that twice a month? You need to make those decisions ahead of time. How many people will you coach? How many people will you consult at a time? How many opportunities are going on at a time? Make that decision ahead of time. How many people can pick your brain every month? If you're a leader, people are going to want to be impacted by you, influenced by you, and use the term, which I hate, by the way, pick your brain. Every month, how many of those meeting times do you give away that you're not with your friends, your family, your team involved deeply in your work, but you'll just be helping other people? And last, how often will you do your work pro bono? This is really important. If you are paid for your work, your craft, whether it is some form of communication, whether you're flying somewhere else, whether you're on Zoom, it's very important for you to define how many times for you is being generous and how many times for you is just being lazy or even taken advantage of. How often will you do your work pro bono? Because then you get to be generous. And instead of resenting people, you get to give that craft away that can be so helpful and so valuable. You need to decide ahead of time and the decisions will get easier and less emotional. The more proactive you are, the easier these decisions get, 
the more you have filters, the more you can protect your priorities and values, and they get less emotional. In review, let me give you those four again. What do I actually do when an opportunity arises? Number one, develop a filter where you'll say yes and no to ahead of time. Number two, give yourself time to decide on an opportunity. Don't make the decision immediately. Buy yourself some time to make a better decision. Number three, involve others in your decision and get wisdom from them. And number four, create benchmarks. How many times, how often will I do this? Guys, a quick review, make decisions ahead of time, share these filters with others, turn this into a repeatable process. And guys, as you prune opportunities, I promise you this, your engagement will rise. If you are passionate about it and you're gifted for it, you're doing less of it, your engagement will rise. I've been there in that season when I'm returning from one trip and I'm thinking about the next one. I'm finishing one talk and I already am behind on the next two. Don't get into that rut. Let me give you a couple of resources to consult. Episode 254 right here on the podcast, I gave a full episode about saying no. So make sure to go back and listen to that one, a full episode on saying no. And also... One of my favorite books I've read in the last year is Effortless by Greg McEwen. He is the author of Essentialism, wrote a phenomenal book on what is essential in life and leadership. Also a great read, but in the book Effortless, he explores this topic in depth about how to actually consult the resources, how to actually know your priorities. Very, very important. Let me leave with a few questions to answer. What's on my to-don't list? We all have huge to-do lists. I want to encourage you to have a to-don't list. What's on my to-don't list? Secondly, what good opportunities do I need to start saying no to? What good opportunities do I need to start saying no to? If you can name what those opportunities are, you can name that those are good. Those are just not best. It's incredibly important for you to put those in that category. These are not bad. They are good. But what good opportunities do I need to start saying no to? Go ahead and write those down. Last question, what amazing opportunity am I moving closer to? Friends, we are not wired to say no for the sake of saying no. You are saying no so that you can protect something precious. Maybe it's an opportunity. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's this season. Maybe it's your upcoming sabbatical. Maybe it's your sanity. Maybe it's the margin that you need in order to create beautiful things in the world. Guys, you can live and lead differently. Let me remind you, you are not stuck. You have agency. You have autonomy. You have the ability to turn the tide in your life. But without saying no, you're just going to say yes to more new commitments. Recently, I was talking to someone and said, I just don't know why I keep saying yes. And I'll have to say, friends, at the root of it, I think it's insecurity. I think we're insecure that we can't disappoint someone, we can't say no, they'll think I'm blank if I say no to this, or I have to because of this. Friends, get time to clarify. Do these things, follow that four-step process, and you may not eventually be out of the hole, but I'm telling you, you're moving in that direction. I want you to protect the best in your life so that you can continue to live out your unique design, how God has uniquely designed you, the family God has given you to, the friends God has entrusted you to, and the mission that you are on. We cannot afford to throw 17 seeds in the hole and for all of those to become anemic or even die 
in the process. Friends, you do not have to burn out or flame out to live as God uniquely designed you as a high capacity leader. I just want to remind you, we have field notes for these over on our Stay Forth website. Just go to the Stay Forth site, stayforth.com, click on field notes, and that's our blog. We've got extensive notes for all of these. You can share those with others. Share this episode with someone who may be wrestling through similar things. This can be a dose of fresh water, either for them to drink or maybe to toss in their face to just wake up a little bit, but say, I'm for you. I love you. Please listen to these words, discuss this together. You can even listen together as a team. We've got more axioms coming your way each Tuesday. Tune in friends. And we want you to live and lead as God designed you without burning out or flaming out in the meantime, living and leading healthy from a place of health you can lead sustainably. We'll catch you on the next episode of Right Side Up Leadership Podcast.